Hello and welcome to Dr. Zen and the Greatest of All Sinners. I'm your host, Ray Gustinelli, and as longtime listeners know, this is a podcast where traditionally we have two men of great faith and even greater doubt discussing science, history, sports, and culture. Um, today, we revisit our podcast after about a six-month layoff, oh. and I am here with Jeffrey Lawrence Whedon, the greatest of all sinners. Yes, sir. And we are without our Dr. Zen this evening, but Jeffrey Lawrence Whedon, how are you doing today? I'm doing uh, I'm doing great, and you know, this is hearkening back to our roots. This is how the podcast started, was me and you in a basement, spinning gibberish into gold. It is. And now we hope to weave the same sort of finely strong gold that we hope people uh, are entertained by. And listen, he's your brother. You love him. He's a brother of mine. I think that's fair to say. Yes. um, But I just don't think we need Paul anymore. And really? Just riff. Just play with it a little bit. Let's um, think about it a little bit. Uh, the, The original True Grit. Yeah. Right. Okay, yep. Way better than the crap that Johnny Come Lately uh, Cohen Brothers. They did the <laughs> more recent one. Whoa! So you're messing it up, John Wayne over uh, Jeff Bridges. Um, sure. Okay. Beatles. Mm-hmm. Pete Best. Way better than with Ringo Starr. Ooh, I'm thinking somewhat controversial. The original. Okay. Sure. Uh, do Do androids dream of electric sheep? The Philip uh, K. Philip Dick. K. Dick. Um, mm-hmm. becomes Blade Runner. Book is way better than the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Snappily named, engaging. Yes. It's just better. Right. The first one. We're going to be fine. <laughs> we are. I mean, Journey. The Ge- band. 80s band Journey. Yeah. Think, think about this just for a second. I'm riffing up. Um, Greg Raleigh instead of Steve. What, what's Perry. his name? Steve Perry. Sure. I'm the Greg Raleigh of podcasting. Oh my! And so this is going to work out great. I think you got to be careful um, where you're going there because I think most people, myself included, would say, you know, in answer to the question, who is the lead singer of Journey? They would say Steve Perry. They, they went, I mean, I, I don't no. know. Never heard the name Greg Raleigh. No, it, it, well, Greg Raleigh. Same thing with Santana. Santana's better with Greg Raleigh as well. <laughs> is that right? You don't know. I, I mean, I'm telling you, this is going to be so great. So the original founding fathers, baby, happening well, today. That's the important yeah, thing. Yeah. we're going back to the roots, we're doing it the way the founding fathers did it. I'm the Greg Raleigh of podcasting. Well, I am really looking forward to hearing your thoughts about lots of matters of the day. It has been, as I said, half a year since we last did a podcast. Far too long. We're hoping to get back into our bi-weekly rhythm, at least monthly. Um, And we've got just a lot going on in the country, in pop culture, in sports, and so forth. Um, you, one thing that hit this week is this uh, Facebook blowing up yes, on their, you know, what is called a data breach, where uh, uh, initially an academic got control of a lot of user data based on an app that they constructed. That data found its way into the hands of a commercial organization doing political consulting um, with aspirations around the sorts of data mining that they can do and individual profiling. And uh, it's it's the big thing. It could, you know, a Facebook stock price has plummeted. Pretty much, and Zuck is on his way to speak in front of Congress. What, what are your thoughts on this? We we have a kind of a common uh, concerns about uh, the big data and uh, robotics and stuff like that. Uh, is is this yet another sign that we're headed in the wrong direction with all this stuff? Well, my understanding is that you have a little bit of you have some sympathy for Zuck, don't you? I'm, I do. I, I'm going in a different direction. Please do. Um, I'm super concerned. That it's just been very interesting this week because. Big tech has been given a free pass for a long time, and maybe for very good reasons. But there's there's a a tide that's turning. People are are concerned about 
very large, what seem like monopolistic concerns, um, and, and especially the control they have over our lives. And Tim Cook, um, the current leader of Apple, has been very vocal about his criticism of Facebook and just the business model where you're essentially monetizing people's information and not selling products or mm -hmm. giving them something. And the other thing that I saw um, that, that was very poignant to me this week is this, all the research that talks about how Facebook seems to make us sad mm -hmm. and makes us alone. And so I think that there could be a whirlwind uh, to a, a reaping that might be coming for Facebook, mm. certainly in the form of regulation. Mm -hmm. So I'm concerned. I, I feel like they have been, there's the, the ugly memo. I don't know if you know about this. This is the Facebook memo where they essentially said, listen, there may be some ugly things, like someone gets bullied yes, and kills themselves, right. that sort of thing. I did see but that the Facebook, this social connectivity is a de facto good, mm -hmm. and so we should allow it to happen. And I'm just not sure I'm buying any of that. Mm. What about you? Well, where my sympathy lies, and I must admit, it's, it's maybe a dollop of sympathy in, in a pool full of contempt, <laughs> is that... Um, it's hard to do what we as a society and now as a congressional bodies would really <laughs> demand that Facebook does, which is to be incredibly rigorous, incredibly strong around the protective aspects, around the personal privacy. Um, and I can, I guess having been somebody who works in big data and has um, in, in various capacities over the years, realized that it's, it's a really tricky thing to balance the, the genuine desire to allow your data to empower other people to do good things and the, gen, the, the genuine need to restrict use um, uh, for nefarious ends. Right. And so on, on one side, I'm, I guess I'm giving... Zuckerberg, some do, and, and maybe he's not do this, but I'm giving him some, uh, 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 I, I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt in the sense that I think that when he opened up the APIs to allow third-party applications to harvest essentially these other data, he did it with, with a notion that powerful things would be created, sure. that good applications, things that, that went along the lines of what Facebook, you know, ostensibly in its charter sort of wants to do is foster community and good, good things come out of it. Now, where you have to blame him is the fact that this blithe ignorance that when you open things up that evil or bad things or borderline things won't occur. You have to, at this point, go into it assuming that they will and to be proactively protective. That's where he deserves, you know, if not contempt, he deserves to be held to account. For all of these things, which is, I think, what we're seeing now. But I can sort of see where he got here through a, a genuine sort of innocence. So, you know, bottom line for me is grow up, Mr. Zuckerberg, grow up quickly. You will be suffering the consequences of this um, uh, optimistic sort of outlook on the way that these things can be used. You are now in possession of a tremendously powerful set of technology resources and data resources. You have to be careful. And uh, he's better better start to do it very very quickly. And and what is that? Is there regulation? Is there self regulation? Is there government regulation? Because you know I'm wondering if you didn't just speak exactly what Facebook is saying that mm -hmm. we can't have this wonderful powerful tool without some people abusing it. And you know mm -hmm. to, it reminds me of the fact that we've gone so far with. There's a Utah just recently decriminalized. For example, it was illegal to let your kid walk to, to it alone sometimes and to leave them at parks and then mm -hmm. essentially be abuse and neglect because we're so terrified mm -hmm. about stranger abductions, which right. just almost never happens in this country. Right. It's a terrifying, right. awful thing that right. does happen. Right. But the idea of legislating 
doesn't seem to work with these sorts of things. Right. Are you saying the same sort of thing? Does he have to do it, or are we supposed to do it for him? It's a great question. I don't know the answer. I think it's a drama that plays out, and we see how it goes. I mean, the prospect. I mean, here we're. <laughs> we, we, it's hard to know how to sort of engineer the future with this stuff, but one thing that's incontestable is that it will be very interesting and entertaining to see the likes of uh, this, you know, Harvard dropout, now multi-billionaire, in front of Congress sort of being held to account. That's right. It's, it's the old guard, you know, tending to skew older in terms of their, their age and their dress and their way of thinking up on these podia. Uh, looking down and saying, what is going on here, young right, man? Right, right. <laughs> be interesting dynamics at play. And, and I'm terrified <laughs> of what the government solution is. Yeah. And I'm hoping that the tech figures out their own solution. I yeah. really do. I really do. Yeah. So we shall see. Uh, speaking of tech fi- figuring out solutions, one place, another place where... Um, recently, it's unclear whether they're they're figuring it out sufficiently for the public safety is in these uh, self-driving cars, the autopilot from uh, uh, Tesla and uh, Uber and uh, Google and Waymo and everybody under the sun, you know, is working on these. And news recently is that the first um, known attributable death of a uh, civilian uh, due to a self-driving car down in Arizona. A little bit frightening. What are your thoughts around that? Well, so I'm an autonomous driving fan, mm-hmm. but I'm also terrified because I, I, I just have such a profound distrust of technology. And mm-hmm. it's kind of born on, I would challenge anyone to just spend, even if, if it's just an hour, but a day, mm-hmm. where you would log how your smartphone lets you down. Because your smartphone is actually a very mature piece of technology by now. Mm. Incredibly important. Something you're really depending on for lots of uh, lots of things. But I, I guarantee you there will be several times during the day that an app crashes. That things will not behave properly. Mm-hmm. That you'll hit the microphone button and it won't come on or it'll come on slowly. Mm-hmm. There's a, it's not a zero defect device. Mm-hmm. It's really not. Right. And, and so we're, when I'm trying to extend that to driving a car, which is so important and so difficult and so complex, our computers don't seem to operate anywhere near a zero defect world. Right. And you talk to Alexa and she's just like a really, she's like a, 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 an idiot sometimes. And, and yet she has the wisdom of the world collected in all of AI and right. this and that. But she can't uh-huh. deliver you a station when you say the Commodore is it delivers one hit an hour. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's just silliness like that. Right. And so I am the 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 Tesla difficulties I think are more nuanced. I'm not as worried about that. There yeah, was the, right. the crash that, that killed someone. Mm-hmm. Maybe that we should be concerned about that. Right. But the one the most recent uh, Uber uh, crash, that was I mean it wasn't I'm not, I guess it is a crash where 38 miles an hour yeah. into a pedestrian right. walking a bike without braking. Right. Now, <laughs> I'm not at all upset that there was some idiot in the seat uh, that was um, that was maybe a felon or that sort of thing and with traffic offenses and this. Was that, I didn't realize that. Yeah, they had a human true. person that was okay. hired to keep it from killing people. I, I didn't know was that. looking but, down at uh, the time of impact. And I that see. does not trouble me a whole lot either because okay. yeah. I need the technology to be able to work when I'm looking down. Right, yeah. Right? I yeah. mean, I, it's, it's so mm-hmm. the idea that there's some idiot in the passenger seat that's going to save our lives, that does mm-hmm. not give me any comfort. Mm-hmm. Humans are not the answers to this, but I don't know mm-hmm. the computers are either i'm really scared <laughs> right. that um right, because right. this is if there's a person in the middle of the street 
that's bad enough. But yeah. if they're also carrying a bike, yeah. how can a brake not get hit? It yeah. seems like that's a piece of software or yeah. a bit of AI that yes. you and I might have engineered. Y exactly, yeah. <laughs> the, the algorithm designers around that part of it, you would think <laughs> that they would have sort of started with some first principles. If you and I were to sit down, it'd be like, like there's certain be like hard yeses, which are the greens, the hard noes, which are the reds, and then the, the maybes, you know, which are the, you would think the pedestrian right in front would be a hard no, right? That's kind of, you know, Asimov's rules of robotics. Literally, it's written into the first three Asimov rules. So it's, it seems like you shouldn't jump over that one, right? right. Yeah. So, um, I, you know, I'm always so worried about these technologies and this and that, but I think it is... I think it's stark, and I think it's very helpful. I think it's very, very apt that everyone shut things down yeah. and are going back because yeah. this is going to happen. And by the way, the the thing that troubles me maybe more than anything else is that people who aren't autonomous driving are going to be the most dangerous people on the road, right? Almost right, right. Objectively and subjectively. Yes. But we're not to that point yet, and yeah. this is a stark reminder that we might be much farther away because like you said this is something this is one of the very we would have thought this would have been the one of the first right. things they squared away in quality testing right, at the right. very beginning so and, and you make a good point which is that i mean i read the stat there's something like x hundred thousands of automobile deaths in the country every year we've got one now on the self-driving side right. and it and so when you look at it from a, a broad sort of sociological perspective, you, you, there's still a tremendous reason for optimism right. that in general, we will reduce the number of fatalities, even if we were to give robots charge, even with the technology that exists nowadays, potentially. That's right. I mean, you don't really know. So what do you think is the number? What do you, what do you, th I mean, you, like you were saying, there's not, there can't be, there's not going to be a zero tolerance policy. No. Um, but let's say there's 600,000 automobile deaths in the country every year, and I, I may have that or, or even wrong by an order of okay. magnitude, but let's say there's 600,000. What, the, what is the number that you think the public will be comfortable with if it can be shown over the first three years of autonomous vehicle that that's drastically reduced what yeah. would it have to be I, I forget what this error is called it's like a, the error of small sample or something like that or but it's the idea that um, again it's like shark attacks and that sort of thing they just never happen you know we right. can't outlaw swimming mm -hmm. to to keep sharks from attacking yeah. it's just that it's so terrifying yeah when a shark kills a person right that it really stands out and and it's so terrifying when an autonomous car runs down some woman who's in the middle of the road right. and the cars you know just doesn't even break so i don't think it's a number at all i think mm -hmm. it's it's psychology i think it's it's branding it's all of this messaging mm -hmm. and and we're going to have to probably have a lot of the other side of it come out and say listen we in our cars have had x number of miles and we've had almost no deaths you guys in your cars have had the same number of and there's been yes. 100 or 1000 right. or right. a million or whatever it's going to be yes. and that's going to mean something to us i I, ho I hope that's the the level at which the debate is is waged and it's not a a, a reaction to individual i mean on some level here in the infancy it will be and should be but yeah i think at some point we kind of do that analysis to say you know what this is a net positive right and then we protect against the catastrophic situation so we shall see um 
Moving on, what sort of um, movies have you seen recently? I think we've had a few that we have uh, shared in common. Uh, which one jumps to your mind as the most compelling? So I was going to talk about a bunch of movies with you, but yeah. then last night I saw I, Tanya. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And um, and thought it was really well done Agreed. and very engaging. And, and I don't know hardly anything about Tanya Harding other, mm-hmm. other than the fact that I know a lot about Tanya Harding. <laughs> we all do. Yes. It, the movie's really clever about kind of saying at one point in time, there were the two most known people on earth were Bill Clinton and number two, Tonya Harding. Exactly. Um, right. Tonya Harding, yeah. which I mess it up all yeah. the time. Yeah. But it was super, super well acted yeah. and, and it was actually very funny. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of funny mm-hmm. to a movie that doesn't have a lot of funny right. themes. I mean, yeah. it's kind of genius that it was yeah. funny when it's not that funny. Right. And then the other thing that I want to talk with you about a little bit is that, so there were these moments where they were breaking out of the movie and they mm-hmm. would look at the camera and say, mm-hmm. I don't think this happened or this or that. And there's one of my favorite moments in movie recent cinema history where um, Tanya Harding is supposed to have shot a shotgun at this boy mm-hmm. and she's reenacting it and she looks at the camera and racks the <laughs> shotgun and says, this didn't happen. Mm-hmm. I never did this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's clever. It's well right. done. And, right. and it also points out something that's just a, it's a girl who grew up so bad mm-hmm. and had such a tough life mm-hmm. and she's lovely, but she's um, redneck and, and mm-hmm. admits to it. Right. And, and so I really really enjoyed it and yep. yet it was awful to watch it was very hard to watch and, right. and like watching the end her triple axle routine right. I've seen that a bunch of times mm-hmm. and then at the end which I've never seen before when the audience is rising spontaneously probably for the first time in her career because she's never cheered because she's not the ice skating right. princess right, right. Yes. And, and just I cried so hard oh, my, that's it was yes. and, uh, and so anyway loved it what, yes. what are your thoughts I also really really liked it I thought it worked on all levels it hit the marks that it was shooting for and they're not easy marks to hit it was a true story obviously they wanted to get most of the facts right which i believe they did it was satirical in nature it had a little bit of mockumentary in there as the right. people were direct, it addressing feel, it it felt pretend the whole thing and yet it was all true yes and now it's a it's kind of on some levels a tawdry story a tabloid story yeah. but it was one that did dominate the headlines for quite a while um, to the you know the point that these people were the names were on everybody's tongue, um, so it's it's a classic case of what what in some way in some senses were sort of a blip in, in history, but it but we have these embedded notions of who these people were and indeed what even happened back there, and I th- thought the movie did a great job of sort of re-excavating the the facts of the matter you know you sort of knew about Galuli was Tanya involved we didn't right. really know we all think was oh, it she, of course she was thing? yeah well, maybe yes maybe no and and even to the point was well I, I know she was a contender and she was athlete, but did, did, who won that Olympic and it's like I think, did she even go to the I Olympics? think Kerrigan came in second who was it Katarina Witt who came in first did it, no yeah, yeah. you know it's like so to recap the fact but then most importantly to understand the characters and that that was really the goal is is to tell us something about uh, this person tanya and the people with galuli and the, the their hangers on and whatnot what drove them and where they are today and they really in a in a way that um again the story just cries out to be sort of cheapened and shouted from tabloids and not from journals it it, it, it treated it with the cheekiness that the tabloid qualities demanded but with the seriousness of purpose to take them seriously as human beings so i thought it, it was well balanced uh came out with a lot of sympathy 
for Tanya Harding. It was poignant. I didn't actually cry, but I felt that same poignancy <laughs> around the around the the sadness involved in where she came from and where she wound up. And I, I, you know, it was like. I wanted to be a fan. You know, you wanted to root for her. Yes. I want to root for her today. I right. hope she's doing well. I, and, and that's powerful yeah. that someone was able to do that. Two things I want to bring up. One is that there's a moment where she looks at the camera and she says, you are my abusers. Mm. You have you continue to victimize me. Yeah. And I don't know if I've ever been spoken to from a television set or a movie right. where I felt as as convicted as I did in that moment. Right. It was a stunning moment. Right. And then the last thing is is that I challenge everyone to go and YouTube her performance, her triple axel when she lands the first triple axel. I, I thought it was 91, but you'll easily be able to see it. She's in a light blue outfit. Yeah, yeah. And she's got the crazy hair. Yeah. But that, she is, first of all, doing things that no one in, on earth, one other girl had landed a, a, a triple axel at the time. Right. But no one in America. And the, the, the juxtaposition between the athletic endeavor that she puts together, and it's also beautiful. Yeah. It's also beautiful. But then her joy is something I've never right. seen in a sports yes. context. Yes. That level of athletic performance <laughs> and her just pumping her fist and right. screaming and in the middle of her performance right. is one of the most special I think sports performances anyone can ever see and I hope people YouTube it. I do well I hope they see the movie and hopefully not a spoiler alert, but they, you know, as, as with a lot of these, they spend a little bit of time at the end to show the real people <laughs> clips and they show that clip. Yeah. Uh, which is her that special moment. And the thing that jumped out to me, in addition to all the clauses you just said, was um, her youth. I was like, I, you know, she was, um, she was very young, right. and by that point, twenty-one. Maybe I think she year, might have had that part time and younger. It might have been, yeah. But anyway, yeah, that, that, that that age period, and um, and and that even drove home all of this even more. So is just the youth, and when you're back there, you just I I had forgotten that, you know, and that brings it home. Super so, fun. Kudos, well recommended. Um, this. Week or this month in celebrity death, we, we use well, for a while there it was indeed this week in celebrity death as we went through one musician or politician right. Right. or cultural figure after another. But um, Stephen Hawking is the big name that jumps out. Um, you know, died a couple of weeks ago. Very special guy, um, meaningful in an iconic sense, meaningful in an actual science sense. What, what are your thoughts? Give me some reflection. Well, so you know, he wrote what was it? The history of everything. The what? What the, the universe? Uh, brief, brief history of time. That's a brief. History of Time, mm -hmm. which um, has always been a bit of a heartbreaking book for me because mm -hmm. it was where he was going to finally, he explained it all so that any idiot could understand it. Mm -hmm. And so I read the book, still didn't understand it. <laughs> felt, felt like I got a little more, but, and so there was like a companion book that was like, you know, a briefer history, a briefer, a briefer right. easier history of time. Right. Still, still. It's like I had, most of it was right. pictures and I had, I was able to, you know, you were able to color things in and yeah. everything. Right. I still, didn't quite get it and so right. he was special in in a number of ways and 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 I was always so powerfully drawn to him in part because one of my greatest terrors something that freaks me out in life more than anything else is is losing your mental faculties mm -hmm. to right. uh, an injury or mm -hmm. or being trapped in your body maybe mm -hmm. you have your complete faculties you don't lose your faculties mm -hmm. but you're unable to express them mm -hmm. and so he is this stunningly brilliant mind trapped mm -hmm. in a body that is falling apart right. but he was able to have such a, an incredibly rich life that yes. I always felt a weird sorriness for him every time I saw him right. I would pity him yeah. and yet he was crazy 
crushing life right. in so many ways. Right. And so I wish that I had grown more in mm. my understanding because of it. Mm-hmm. But there was a humanity that he brought and a victory in a very difficult situation that yeah. I'm not sure we ever really saw right. um, before him. And then, and then as stupid as it sounds... He was the. He'll be to generations known as of the voice of computing. That's that's right. Exactly with the automated voice coming out. of We his, think of uh, it as his voice. Voice coder. Yeah. Did you see the movie with uh, Eddie Redmayne? I can't remember I did. It now. Yeah, I did as well. I thought it was uh, for, uh, well done. Absolutely. I, yeah. Very good. My 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 thoughts are that I think, um, you know, obviously he is so iconic in this. He is a now he is a physics genius out of Hollywood central casting, right? right. I mean, if, if you were to central cast a physics genius, it would be either the, the wild-haired Einsteinian guy or the, the crippled guy speaking out of a vocoder, right. you know, the thing, right? So, I mean, that says so much about how what we was able to do, which is to um, kind of be that person for the world. And I think the, the special quality amongst many, one of them for me is the fact that he did have that quality of popularizing a lot of the, these concepts. And I think in some ways, you know, hard scientists might think at, think about those who popularize it, the, um, the, the Hawking of the world, but also sort of the, the uh, Brian Greens, the um, um, Neil deGrasse Tysons and yeah. folks like that, the Carl Sagans for that matter. In a way that maybe sort of question, are they as powerful and right. deep thinkers as the the Nobel winners whose names we don't know as much? Right. And I think for me, th- there are certainly some who probably fall into that category. I don't think any that I've mentioned do because there's a quality that they do understand at a level that in some ways is so deep that they're getting at the core truths, the essential truths that are the ones that when you simplify it are the things or or boil it down to, let's say, becomes the simplification for a popular audience or a broader audience. So there there is a facility there that isn't just you're a good communicator. It's that you are understanding deeply into the essence of these things and able to communicate it simply. And I think Hawking had that in spades. The fact that he was able to make all of these fantastic insights into black holes in particular, the nature of gravity and so forth, is, uh, I mean, that you, you start there. I mean, right. that you start from that, and then you layer on all of this incredible capability to do this despite his physical disabilities, despite the fact that he, you know, should, by medical diagnoses or prognoses, have died, you know, in his 20s, essentially. Absolutely. So, quite remarkable. Quite remarkable. And, and I wonder if history is not going to actually hold them in higher esteem. Because mm-hmm. like you said, there's almost a diminishment mm-hmm. if you're a Feynman and you write six easy pieces mm-hmm. and some of those sorts of things and, and a brief history of time right. with Hawking. But you wonder if, because there is that diminishment right. of now, you know, if they appear on right. television shows, they're not right. they're not as they're not as hardcore. They're right. not as brilliant. Right. Whereas I think history might even be kinder to the Hawkings and the Sagans and the Feynman. I hope they are for, for the reasons I've mentioned that I think in some ways it's, it's, it's a higher skill. (laughs) Great. Well, um, let's see sports. We haven't, um, made any predictions recently because we haven't been podcasting, but probably for the better for you and I, because Paul's tended to be the one who gets everything right and we get everything wrong. We're terrible at it. Yeah. But that shouldn't stop us from trying. It does not try, try again. Uh, This this weekend is the NCAA tourney, the final four. We've got the four teams, which are Loyola, Illinois, we've got Michigan, we've got Kansas, and we've got Villanova. Give me your thoughts about uh, where this might go. What are the storylines of interest 
to you. Right. So um, I am, I've always been, uh, and, and this is kind of a human thing, but Cinderella stuff and underdog yeah. stuff yep. is just so fun. And yep. so Loyola, I'm, I'm predicting Loyola beating Michigan, mm-hmm. which makes no sense at all because I just don't know how they're possibly going to uh, overcome the height, the sheer, sheer giantness yep. and the Lilliputianness right. of, of the contenders in that. And yet they shoot well. Um, and they're just a great story and the opportunity to see, uh, is it a 93-year-old nun? Yeah, Sister something Jean, like right, Sister On Jean. TV all the time. Yeah. It really makes our hearts very happy. Right. And so I'm sup- I just am rooting for them. Yeah. And then I'm picking Villanova in a game uh, which is the sure kiss of death for that uh-huh, very yeah. strong and proud school. Right. Um, and then Villanova to beat... Right, Loyola in the championship game. Oh, okay, Villanova to beat Loyola. Okay, yeah, yeah. you know what? It's as good as any. We will revisit uh, next <laughs> no, it's time. Terrible. It's, <laughs> it's actually, terrible. yeah. Let me take that back. It's probably worse than most. It's, right. it's a worse projection than most. <laughs> it is. <laughs> I'm uh, so my read is that my money is on Villanova, literally, because mm-hmm. it's who I picked in my pool. And my heart is with Kansas because I'd really like to see them do well. I have traditionally over the years. I have connections with that team. I've seen games at, at Lawrence uh, or uh, right. Allen Fieldhouse. Uh, we have mutual friends who are, uh, live in Lawrence now. Um, so I like I'm, Bill Self. He seems Bill to Self be a good is a good guy. guy yeah. Um, so I, I'd love to see him win. Um, Loyola, if they were against all odds to hoist the trophy, I, amongst everybody else in the country who doesn't live in Ann Arbor or Lawrence or um, uh, Philadelphia, uh, Philadelphia right. will be hoisting these guys into the pantheon yeah. of the greatest giant slayers of all time, right? right. I will right. be hoisting them as well, um, gleefully. Um, but I don't really expect <laughs> to, to be able to do that. And uh, so all those things tell, uh, all the, those things told, I, I, my money's on Villanova, my heart is with Kansas, and sort of I'm, I'm ready to join the, the bandwagon with Loyola as soon as they do it. Michigan will probably win. So I'm going to actually officially bet, uh, vote on Michigan winning it all, going through to win it all. I, I will say the Loyola story in particular with um, uh, Clayton Custer and Ben Richardson, that is to me one of the most charming stories that have come out of the NCAA tourney in years, of which they've had many charming stories. Childhood friends playing together since third grade, classic gym rats. The gym rats, they want to get in the gym earlier than anybody else, like before school starts, they want to stay there afterwards. They go on, they play through high school, they get uh, national or state championships and what in Kansas, growing up in Overland Park, Kansas. Uh, they go on, one to Loyola, the other to Iowa. The Iowa guy transfers to Loyola. Now they're playing together against who? You know, possibly against Kansas in the national championship game. Fantastic story. So what's your national title game? So my national title game, I guess, for the record here, as I pit, it's going to be Michigan against Kansas. Okay. And Michigan will probably win. Wow. And and I and again, this is not what I want to happen, yes. but it's it's what I guess, you know... Put a gun to my head and make make me pick something. So it's against all my instincts. And us being disasters, <laughs> I love the fact that it just has never ever stood in our way of confidently predicting the it, wrong exactly. People. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it it helps that we're not held to account for any of this. It's not like anybody's coming back and you know saying you boneheads, except for us saying right. That, so and, and let me hit you with the something because we had an opportunity many many months ago for you to jump on the digital cur- currency yeah, bandwagon. Yeah, you I remember did. that, yeah. don't you? I do remember. Yeah, and um, I, don't, I don't, yeah. at that at that point in time, you could have uh, easily taken ten thousand dollars and turned it into about one hundred and thirty thousand dollars. 
And but you were given another it's chance. Very that was early. Yeah, that was, that when was I first a year, was year and a half this, ago. Okay? Yeah, exactly. That was when I first and, and about I this. famously did not right. do it at that time. And so yes. you you attended a uh, a Dartmouth DU Denver University hockey game with me, where the Mighty Green uh, beat the defending they, national champions and did. really cursed their entire season. They were never the same. It broke their spine and their you. spirit, and yeah. that's what happens with Dartmouth. Yeah. Um, and you had this wonderful moment. We were both you. You know, you came and you were said, "Send me the email links and this and that." Mm-hmm. And you could have easily, from that point in time, taken your hundred thousand dollars and turned it into about fifty five thousand. <laughs> you didn't do that either, did you? That, well, I I did not. Take What's wrong the with opportunity? You? Um, I, I guess what's wrong with me is is uh, I, I do math in a way where a larger number is better than a smaller number when it comes to dollars. You have no vision. Uh, yeah, but I guess I was lacking. And, and yeah. you're right. I missed out on the first go-around. I uh, successfully dodged a pretty big bullet. <laughs> um, I will say that I actually did sign up and got an account on a brokerage firm and never actually funded it. So... <laughs> So, again, showing uh, how very smart you are, Ray Gustinelli. Exactly. So, listen, thank you so much. This mm-hmm. was fantastic. It was. I do have one last thing to put in your brain. Mm-hmm. Love being with you again. This was so great to be able to reconnect, and hopefully we'll be able to bring Dr. Zen into the fold at some point in time. When we do, I have a question for him, mm-hmm. just a little tease out there, is that what would Buddha say about me taking a single Blackberry jelly pack at home with me after one of my breakfasts at Sam's number three? Because I don't want a giant thing of jelly. You know, I, I don't, mm-hmm. I just, there's not enough of a jelly presence in my world or life to okay. have okay. that in my fridge. Right. And so I really need a couple of single serving yeah. jelly packets. And the only time they're available to yeah. me is at my beloved Diner Sam's number three. Um, I didn't buy it, okay. but I will occasionally take one home with me. I'm, I'm anxious to hear what you yeah. uh, and then also what the Buddha would say. Okay. Well, I, I won't uh, spoil it. Uh, spoiler alert sure. for anybody. Force them to come to the next episode. Sure. Um, I'm going to have to think it through, sure. to be honest. You know, sure. I'm the skeptic, so I'll probably come down slightly more in on the, on the side of it being okay. But huh. I mean, I'm as interested to know what oh, Jesus yeah. might say, you know, a little bit more of a, and uh, I'm struggling with a, that. a moral rules overlay. I appreciate that so, because uh, I'll come with that too, because I'm know. not sure that, um, I think Jesus is going to be okay, but I think okay. he's going to be critical. Okay. I do. All right. Well, uh, let that be a uh, line in the sand. Wow. We shall indeed cross when next we meet on Dr. Zen and the greatest of all sinners. Thank you all for listening. We'll see you next time. See you next time.